Everyday, ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them. So, you know, the lessons she taught me uh, that I pass on to young people is get your mind right, believe in yourself, believe you can do anything. I'm B. Moore, and welcome to 52 Conversations. When I hear the word judge, two people immediately come to mind, Thurgood Marshall and Clarence Thomas. They lived in very different times and have very different views of the world. But both of these African-American men have been members of the Supreme Court. My next guest is also an African-American judge, but he sits on the bench right here in Syracuse. My name is Derek Thomas. I am a city court judge in the city of Syracuse. Thank you, Derek, for being on 52 Conversations. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Well, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Derek. I understand that you come from humble beginnings, but you have definitely gone beyond those humble beginnings to become a city court judge in the city of Syracuse. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, firstly, what I tell everyone is all that I am and all that I've become is by the graces of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because I know uh, without him, uh, I would not be here today. I mean, in terms of my humble beginnings, I tell everyone that you know, I was raised in a single-parent household, um, low-income household, and I, I tell people that growing up, had some family members and some friends make bad decisions and end up in the criminal justice system. Some had uh, substance abuse issues, and I always tell people too. I remember when I was in high school, uh, a relative of mine got in a fight with someone, and the person he was fighting with, you know, gets out, gets up, pulls out a gun, and starts shooting. So, um, so all of that part of my background, it's not only made me as a judge anyway to be, you know, as a fair compassionate person on the one end, but also somebody who feels that responsibility to protect the community. Sure. Now, what city did you grow up in? Um, originally, I'm from uh, Albany. So um, I tell everyone, I'm still an up upstate New York guy. You know, I, I've been in Syracuse for a while now. I want to say about, uh, about 13, 14 years. Uh, I tell everybody I got married in the city of Syracuse. Three of my kids were... Uh, born in the city of Syracuse, and I think I'm getting to the point now where uh, I've probably been in Syracuse just as long as, just as long as Albany. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Syracuse is definitely home now. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so what made you decide to pursue a career uh, in the legal profession? Well, uh, well, initially for me, I remember being in school and Johnny Cochran was, was famous He's someone that inspired me to want to uh, become an attorney, and I always, I tell everyone, I always wanted to represent the little guy, meaning the, the disenfranchised. Um, and I, I tell everyone a particular experience. I remember I was in high school, and a friend of mine, we were going to the mall, and I remember some police officers pulled up beside us and said that we fit the description of some people they were looking for, and uh, made us lift up our shirts you know, kind of a thing. And of course, you know, we didn't have any weapons or anything on us. And then they went about their business. And I kind of felt kind of, uh, just felt a little, you know, humiliated, I guess. So that was part of the impetus for me to want to go to law school to represent the little guy. And 
And anytime I tell that story, I always say, um, you know, shout out to the police department. You know, there are some uh, some very good police officers out there who are representing the community and protecting and serving and doing their absolute best for the community. And of course, we need more diversity within uh, within the ranks of our police departments so that you have people who are from the communities protecting and serving the communities as well. So, sure. but, but, but to answer the question, my long answer, those two uh, examples, Johnny Cochran, as well as my ex- that particular experience was my initial impetus in terms of uh, wanting to go to law school. Certainly. So you went to law school and you held a number of positions in the legal profession and lo and behold, you became appointed judge. God is good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever anticipate that that would happen? No. And and what I tell people is, um, and I really mean it, I go wherever the Lord sends me, quite honestly. I just try to do the absolute best that I can with the opportunity uh, that's presented in front of me uh, to make us look good. You know, especially as an African American, I always feel that responsibility to do the very best with any position that I have, so that uh, someone else would be given an opportunity um, sometime in the future. And uh, again, I've been blessed. I've had some amazing opportunities. I've worked in a very good law firm here in Syracuse. Um, I've had the opportunity to work out at the casino as one of their business attorneys. I've um, had the opportunity to be part of the administration for the mayor's office and oversee a department. So now I have the blessing um, of being one of the city court judges. So the Lord has is, 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 is given me some, some amazing opportunities and the potential, not even the potential, the, the ability to do some great works out there. Very nice. So, Derek, tell me some of your role models, some of the people who have impacted you along the way. And in addition to that, tell me about some of the lessons, some of the important lessons that you learned from them. Well, the, the, the one person that just stands out to me is, is, is really my mother, quite honestly. I mentioned before, uh, being raised in a, a single-parent household, low-income household, and, and, and all of the things that occur within the environment, the community you live in. And I mentioned having friends and some family members make bad decisions and end up in the the justice system. But my mother, she made sure, she instilled in me and made sure that I stayed out of trouble and didn't get into any trouble. She made sure I was in the house when it got dark. She always made sure I did my homework. And she always made sure that I had the right mindset growing up. So, you know, the lessons she taught me uh, that I pass on to young people is get your mind right, believe in yourself, believe you can do anything. And, you know, if you, if, if you do believe that, you indeed can accomplish anything. And she also taught me to hang around the right people as well. Can't be hanging around just, just anyone, any friends. Got to be careful who you associate with as well. And, of course, set some goals for yourself. So, so those are some of the lessons that, that I've learned from my mother. And, 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 of course, last but not least, as a young man, you don't really appreciate it because she used to uh, make me go to church. And as a young person, you may go kicking and screaming. But it, it's amazing that, that when you get to a certain age, you find yourself back in the church. So um, 
So she also taught me to, to, to be spiritual as well. Now, um, is your mother still in Albany? Yeah, she, she's, she's still in the Albany area, and, and she always says she's going to relocate up here to the Syracuse area. So she's, she's pretty close to retirement age at this point. Very nice, very nice. So you were appointed by Mayor Minor, and you find yourself now in the position of having to run a campaign to stay in charge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what that means for you in terms of campaigning. Yeah, it, it's an amazing experience. And, and one thing that I, again, anytime we talk to young people, I tell them you, you have to become uncomfortable in order to grow. And what I mean by that is um, in terms of having to run a campaign and to get out there campaign, it's the opportunity to learn new skill sets, something you haven't done before. That's part of that becoming a little bit uncomfortable. Even as a judge, I'm learning something new every single day, right? So, so for me, it's the, what I love about being a judge and campaigning is that I'm learning new skill sets, quite honestly. In terms of the campaign aspect of it, it's an opportunity to meet new people. It's an opportunity to learn the ins and outs of how to do a campaign, how to obtain the endorsements of parties and unions and different organizations within the area. So, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, great opportunity to learn some new skill sets. Nice, and you're running as a Democrat, and I, I want you to just tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about some of the endorsements that you've um, earned. Uh, sure, sure. So we, we've been uh, fortunate, blessed to have um, picked up the endorsement of the Democratic Party, the Women's Equality Party, as well as the Working Families Party. So we may have some other endorsements uh, coming as well, but as of today, those are the three endorsements that we have. Okay. Is there any particular aspect of the campaigning that you, you could do without, let's say? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, having to run, right? So. Uh, uh, typically, well, the terms are 10-year terms, so uh, once we get past this, this, uh, this, this wonderful experience, it'd be another 10 years before we have to run, and that's something I won't miss, quite frankly. I, you know, I, would mind, I don't mind doing this uh, every 10 years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we can take a, a nice 10-year breather. <laughs> Absolutely, and, and get out there, and, as I say, get out there and do God's work, meaning you know, do some great things on the bench, and some great things out in the community without having to utilize and exert uh, energy towards running the campaign. We can divert that energy to, to doing some other great things out in the community. Certainly, and I want you to speak actually specifically to that because I think a lot of our public and, and those listening aren't aware of how judges affect you know, either local society or even, um, you know, regional or even national society with, with very few exceptions. So can you talk to, to that a little bit? Well, sure. Um, well, typically, uh, one of the responsibilities of the judge, of course, is to, uh, is to uphold the law. Um, another, another responsibility, at least for me, is to treat everyone fairly and impartially. So for me, it doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from, um, or who your attorney is, uh, my goal is to treat you exactly the same as I would treat anyone. So that's part of my responsibilities as a judge. Now, typically, in a criminal case, for example, 
uh, sentencing is left to the discretion of the judge. So whether you have a jury trial or a bench trial to determine your innocence or guilt in a particular matter, and either way, when it comes to sentencing, that's in the discretion of the judge. So that, that's something the judge always has control over. So, so that's, that's one impact. I guess the, the person sitting on the bench may have a direct impact in terms of, of how, uh, how a person's case turns out, meaning how much time they may or may not uh, be incarcerated for. And, and then the other component for me, and this is, this is mainly just me, something that I do, what I do is I utilize the position as a platform, as I tell everyone, meaning, you know, off the bench to get out there to interact with as many of our young people as possible, to show them that anything is possible, to have choices, and, and to work on their mindset so that they can make better decisions on the front end so they don't end up in the system on the back end. And for me, that's anyone from the age of, let's say, five you know, toddlers to teenagers, 20-something-year-old kids to 30-something-year-olds, even 40, 50-year-olds, right? To do anything we can to have a positive impact out there and to work on the mindsets of, of I'm going to say, of our collective community. Sure. Tell me about, you know, maybe one or two of those type of interactions, those that have, you know, kind of stayed with you or sure. may have even uh, motivated you in terms of as you run. Oh, absolutely. And... Um, in the first, I'm going to say, what, seven and a half, eight months that we've been on the bench, it's, it's got plenty of examples. Uh, one case was in the courtroom, and um, I tell everybody this story. A young lady was in court with her sister. Her sister was, was, was a teenager. So, so the young lady who was a teenager, she looks at me, finally gets the courage to ask me a question. She says, uh, Excuse me, sir, uh, um, how do you become a judge? I said, well, young lady, it's uh, a great question. Go to school for four years, and after that, go to grad school. And I always tell everybody, you can see the wheels spinning in terms of what is possible. And that happened in my first week on the bench. I was recently, recently had a conversation with a 10-year-old girl. And she asked me, she says, uh, she says, you're a judge? I said, yeah. She said, wow. I want to be a judge too. And um, other situations, I tell everybody a couple weeks ago, I met another young man who happened to appear in front of me for a matter. And he said, Judge, I appeared in front of you at one point in time. Uh, my case got resolved, but I just wanted to tell you thank you. I said, well, thank you for what? He said, well, seeing somebody on the bench who looks like me inspired me to want to do better. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. I said, okay, young man, all right. All right, and I got my eye on you, you know. So those are some of those intangible examples, I believe, in terms of utilizing the position in a certain way. So, so again, it's not enough for me as a judge to just be fair and impartial to be that presence on the bench, but to also use it off the bench to try and have a positive impact. For example, you know, now I can go into different, you know, neighborhoods and communities and a lot of young kids that come up to me and say, hey, how you doing, Judge Thomas? Good to see you. That's part of that intangible impact, I think, that ultimately you know, benefits the community because because our young people, they got to see us and know that. And I say us, I'm talking about um, any, you know, any male within our community who's doing something positive and know that we're not any, any different than they are. 
And I think that's part of building up and developing our society, our community better yet. Certainly. And if you're just joining us, welcome to 52 Conversations. I'm B. Moore, and my guest today is Judge Derek Thomas. Derek, I want to ask you about some of your peers because you are not the first African-American judge here in the city of Syracuse. You have uh, some individuals who have gone before you, some pioneers who have also sat on the bench. And Have you had any interactions with any of them? Well, I've had the opportunity to speak with uh, Judge McKinney. You know, I see him all the time. And he's given me some great advice in terms of how to carry yourself as a judge. And um, I think he retired a number of years ago. Um, I don't know, maybe about five plus years, somewhere in that neighborhood. About right, yes. And um, so I tell people that that I'm the first since him, (laughs) since his retirement. So when you think about the... um, the, the, the voids that exist, especially when, for example, minorities make up 75, 80% of those incarcerated, um, and the men, I think, make up the bulk of that, I want to say around 90% or higher of that incarceration rate. So, so, you, so when you take that and put that in perspective in terms of now finally having, I'm going to say, another minority on the bench who's a male, um, you know, it really just shows how important it is to have that diversity when it comes to the bench. Certainly. And there are nine city court judges, and I'm, I'm the only one like me, so. Can you talk about, you know, some of how that dynamic, and I think that's something that, you know, that's not just in the legal system, that's in, that could be, you know, put across in any profession in terms Absolutely. of being, you know, one of a few or one of the only or the only I'll talk about that in terms of, you know, kind of just, just your thoughts about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel that I'm not an excused kind of a person. I, I, it's, it's just reality. And I, and I think for any of us who work in professions where you may be the only person of color or diversity or you want a few, I just think it's something you have to embrace. And as I mentioned before, uh, do the very best job you can so that uh, you can uh, you can not only show diversity in the workplace and show the importance of diversity in the workplace, but also show that you can do the job so that others will have the opportunity so you can do what? Increase diversity, exactly. quite honestly. And many of us have always worked in places where you may have been the only one, meaning the you know, person that, that's of a diverse background, but that's not something you let stop you. You know, you, 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 what you have to do is keep going on and, and keep working hard and uh, doing the absolute best job um, that you can do. It doesn't matter what particular profession that you may be in. Certainly. Now, you, you've mentioned a couple of young people that you've encountered. What would you say to any young person, you know, regardless of their background, interested in pursuing a career in law? What would you encourage them to do? Yeah, and, and what I would say, and, and to expound upon that, is if you have any goals or dreams, whether it's law, the medical profession, engineering, anything, business owner, being an entrepreneur, just don't give up. I mean, the worst thing you can do is give up. The worst thing you can do is not finish high school, for example, or not get your GED and not go to college. I mean, the worst thing you can do is to give up. So 
first thing I, that, that I would tell young people and that I do tell them is just, just never give up. And the second thing is I tell them, I, say, I tell them write down your goals. Um, it's amazing when you write down your goals and you look at them every day, how they have a tendency to come true. And you will begin to meet people to help you accomplish those goals. The third thing is, as we spoke about earlier, is attitude. You know, you got to have your mind in the right place. Meaning, if you believe you can do something, guess what? You can. If you believe you can't, guess what? You can't. Neither person is wrong, but it just goes to show, you know, how, how, how great an impact your mindset plays in terms of what you do and what you don't do. And then, of course, the, the, the next thing is, and I, I tell young people this as well, believe in God, be spiritual, <laughs> because sometimes when you're unable to carry that load yourself, sometimes you, 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 know, you have to rely upon that higher power, quite honestly, to get you through some of the tough times, rough times um, that, that pop up in life. And, um, and, and you can't always trust in your fellow man. You've you got to trust in God. So if you do all of those things, it's, it's amazing how much easier life can be for you and how you can accomplish, I'm going to say, most of the things um, that you want to accomplish in life. Okay. So let's walk through this, this, um, this campaign and your election for judge. There will be a primary? Uh, yes, sir. So... Uh, September 12th uh, um, of this year, uh, 2017, um, is the primary date. So we need everyone to get out there and vote. Um, again, we, 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 we stress the importance of voting. We let people know that we are on the bench now. It's not as if we're running to get on the bench. Uh, we're there now, and you know, by the graces of God, we're doing some amazing things out there and we want to continue to do those things so we need everybody to get out there vote september 12th and if you're not registered to vote you still have i believe until august it's either the 16th or, or the 18th in which you can register to vote and i believe still be able to for example uh, vote in the primary so um so again you know you can't stress enough the importance of being registered to vote and then actually um, exercising your right to vote. Definitely, and amen to that. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, I remember being asked a question uh, a number of years ago, and I was telling the person who was interviewing me for at least for a few moments the fact that it had only been less than 50 years at that right. point right. since the Voting Rights Act had been passed. Right. What the importance of being able to show up? Absolutely, absolutely, and, and especially in a town when you think about the city of Syracuse, we, we can have a, a, a greater impact, I think, out there if people would exercise their, their rights to vote. When I say we, I mean just the community itself, quite honestly, because many times we 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 may not be happy with certain situations, but collectively we may not exercise our rights to vote <laughs> quite honestly which impacts everything it impacts the economy it impacts the type of people who are elected it impacts the the businesses that may come to your well it, well, it, it impacts the 
the goals, the, the priorities of government, which may impact the type of businesses that come into your neighborhoods, the type of financial incentives that businesses receive. You know, it just impacts everything. And I think we need to be more cognizant of that. Definitely. Well, as a reminder to those listening, September 12th is the date. September 12th. Get out and vote and register if you need to beforehand. So, and we know that the Honorable (laughs) (laughs) Judge Derek Thomas will be on the ballot. And if you are able to, we encourage you to strongly consider voting for him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Get out there and vote. (laughs) And if you're going to vote, vote for us, please. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure having you with me today, Derek. It's a pleasure speaking to you, and I wish you well in terms of your campaign and just continued success in every aspect of your life. Uh, Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. I'd also like to acknowledge Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor and Syracuse City Judge Laura Cardona, both Latinas. To learn more about Judge Derek Thomas and his campaign, you can go to his Facebook page, Judge Derek Thomas. Derek is spelled D-E-R-R-E-K, and it's all one word. 52 Conversations is a production of More About You. Join us next time. Perhaps you have a story you'd like to share. If so, contact More About You at 315-863-2466.